Hey, love bird. Welcome to So Good, the Good Love Company podcast. It is me, Stephanie, your host and leading love and relationship expert and educator. I am the genius behind the Good Love Company brand, and I've helped thousands of women find themselves and find love. So get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, kick back, relax. It's going to be so good. I'm living that high Hello, darling. Welcome back to So Good. I am so excited to give you guys part two of my story today. Before we dive in, I want to give a quick trigger warning disclaimer. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about today may be upsetting, but I promise you if you hold on and ride it out with me, there is a happy ending coming your way. So let's go right back to February 2012. I knew my mother was sick. I knew her quality of life was absolute garbage. I knew that she herself was in extreme pain 24-7. It was unbearable to witness. So when she passed, I almost felt comforted by it. It was obviously a shock. It was obviously insane. But I had an understanding that she wasn't well. Unlike, say, for example, a tragic car accident or a hellacious crime where someone seemingly healthy in a blink of an eye is is ripped from the earth. Because I had a sense that my mother was declining rapidly health-wise, I thought that I wasn't truly in deep, desperate grief. I went on in the next two years to blow through a quarter million dollars have unsafe promiscuous sex with anyone that would look my way. I talked myself out of a DUI. I ended up getting fired from three jobs on the brink of losing my car. I'm driving around with a bumper hanging off, a dummy tire, expired insurance. My life was unmanageable. I had nobody. It was just me sitting in a condo that my mother died in, that I used my inheritance money to pay off and redo, sitting with my cat, chain smoking, and drinking wine every night. By the time I was 28 years old, I had no money left and found myself working as a maid. The reason why the job of being a maid was so appealing was that the company that I worked for would pay you weekly and you would get a car. So here I am at 28 years old, college educated, had everything going for her, and she is barely employable, skirting the law of legality every day, and now she's cleaning toilets for a living. It was so excruciating that I decided to continue to ignore my pain, not knowing it was unaddressed grief, and spend my money on cigarettes, alcohol, and subscriptions to Tinder. I ended up having a wild, promiscuous, let's say six months. I had threesomes with celebrities that you would know of. (laughs) I have completely felt the mercy of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I remember bawling my eyes out, sitting in this car that I I had because I was a maid and this company provided transportation. And I'm Googling how to become a sugar baby. 
how to become an escort. I'm Googling strip clubs in my area. I'm Googling how can I become a sex worker without anyone finding out. This was the brink of my darkest time, thinking to myself, this is what my life has has become. I'm about to be a prostitute. I'm about to completely give myself over to this partying, promiscuous lifestyle. My 29th birthday is rolling around. It's January of 2015. My birthday is in February. And I'm thinking to myself, this cannot be, this cannot be the last year of my 20s. I cannot keep doing it like this. So I decided I was going to pray for the first time in probably 20 years. And I was going to pray to a God I didn't believe in, a God that I thought abandoned me, a God I thought, you know, just completely made everyone else's life easier, but mine was constantly put between two by fours to the face. I said in that moment, I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to do what needs to be done because I'm in a pit that I can't get out of. All I want is someone to love me. All I want is someone at the end of the day where I can come home and I can put the key in the door and open the door and this gorgeous guy is cooking dinner and there's music playing and he's laughing and he's sexy and he wants me there. I want that more than anything and I don't know if it's ever going to happen for me and every time I turn around, I keep fucking up. Every time I turn around, I keep getting broken up with. I keep getting fucked and chucked. I keep getting drunk. I keep getting everything else except for the thing that I want the most. So because of the intelligent woman that I am, I realized that, well, there's some disconnect here. So it's got to be above me because I'm not doing it right. I do not know what the hell I'm doing anymore, and I'm almost 30. I have no parents. I have no brothers and sisters. I have 20 bucks in my bank account. That's it. So anything other than what I'm doing sounds great. When I had my prayer session, I was divinely guided to pull out a piece of paper and a pen. I was then told to write what was in my heart and write out the anguish. Oh, and you have to listen to music. Oh, and it has to be this song. Oh, and it has to be right now. The song that was divinely guided to me was called Ready for Love by India Ari. I highly recommend you listen to it if you are in the space of calling in your person. It is profound. It is breathtaking. You will cry. I was instructed through a guided divine meditation with my conversation with God to listen to this song on repeat while I write. And I was instructed to write a letter, a thank you letter, acting as if I already had the thing that I had. And quite frankly, it was the easiest thing I ever written. And before I knew it, three pages of thank you so much. He's amazing. I love that he cooks like this. I love that we have the best sex in the world. It's so wonderful that I don't worry about him. It's so great to be listened to. 
His hands are so strong. I love everything about him. Thank you so much. I felt the time shift. I felt the divine order being placed. And just like that, the exercise was complete. There was nothing else left to say. There was nothing else left to write. The song turned off. And I felt in every cell of my body that something amazing was about to happen and that I had done the hardest part by getting honest about what I wanted and honest about where I was at in terms of being able to handle, hold, and receive it. Because I had that faith piece, because I had that true desire that flew out of me, my physical body responded with a yes. A month later, the job that I had didn't work out. And yet again, about to be 30, no job, no car. But there was a little part of me that said it's going to be okay. This is where you're redirected. This is where the tides turn. You just have to listen. You just have to pay attention. I was divinely guided to call a temp agency. So essentially a place that will find a basic remedial job for you. The catch is you have to be willing to get paid peanuts for it and you have to be willing to do unglamorous things. It was so appealing to me because remember, I had worked in bars and restaurants and nightlife for 15 years. Tits and tips, that was my life. So at this point, understanding that, oh, you have 15 years of data that suggests that this industry is not good for you. So what's the most opposite? Go do that. So sure enough, I found myself working at a pool chemical warehouse company where I had to have steel-toed shoes, a hard hat, and I started work at six o'clock in the morning. It was not glamorous. It was extremely boring. But I remember thinking, this is so safe. I cannot get in trouble. There's no alcohol. There's no dudes. This is literally a warehouse. This is actually a minimum wage packaging plant where my only job is to work on a conveyor line. You clock in, you clock out. And this was how I was going to get my life on track. This was how I was going to start being responsible and start being an adult and start taking care of myself, waking up at six o'clock in the morning, working till two. This was how I was going to do it. No distractions, no trouble. Day one of my job, I'm assigned a boring, remedial, silly job of sticking labels onto plastic buckets. You heard that correctly. I spent eight hours a day peeling labels to stick them on buckets so that those buckets could then be sent on a conveyor line to be filled with product. Super boring, ridiculously remedial, but it was so safe and I can't get in trouble. There's no guys here. There's no booze here. I'll put stickers on fucking buckets if this will help me get out of this hellhole of my life. Because putting labels on buckets is so strenuous, I, of course, had to have help. 
I joke, but the running team manager at that specific warehouse would have people come in to assist merely just to speed up the process. So there were a couple people that came down to sit and help me put labels on buckets, listening to a scratchy radio on old wheelie office chairs that are one screw loose from completely shattering. And I thought, okay, this will be fun. I'm connecting, I'm meeting all these people. And then there's a person that sits down next to me to help me. And he says, oh, they told me that I have to come do buckets with you. And I said, okay, sounds great. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, you're cute, but you're young. (laughs) I'm 29, you're 21. Like, (laughs) those gray sweatpants are cute, but I don't know. Sure enough, that guy who sat down to help me put labels on buckets is the man that I am engaged to and have two children with. We ended up becoming friends. We ended up working a lot together. At the time, I had no idea. Because he was so young, because I had all these jaded views about your type and your person and, you know, your list of who you think you want, I didn't think anything of this person. I just thought he was a cute, nice, young guy. April of that year, April 12th, 2015, I am at a girlfriend's place for her birthday and it was a day jam. And because I was really bordering on alcoholism at that point, I did not want to mess up my new work and be completely plastered the next day because it was a Sunday, her party, and I had to work at this this warehouse on Monday. So I decided that I would only stay for a little bit because I knew that if I got two turns, that I would not be able to work and that that would ruin it and that this new job and this new lifestyle was what was going to change my life. So sure enough, I left the party that day, April 12th, a little bit early because I wanted to find a dube. I wanted to find a joint. I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to toke a little bit and then I will go to bed. I knew who to call. This was before Canada recognized cannabis as a medicinal, legal, recreational, beautiful way of life. This was when it was still a little bit sketch. But I knew someone who would be able to help me out. And it was my coworker who helped me with the buckets. I ended up going to his place that night. And we ended up listening to music and laughing and talking until 11 p.m. I drove home that night thinking, holy shit, am I ever in trouble? I think I like this guy. This was not what was supposed to happen. Fast forward April 12th, 2016, one whole year later, and our son Bo was born. We got engaged February 3rd, 2018. Our second son, Rex, was born in 2019, and this April will be six years together. Through the meeting of my fiancé and through the catharsis of deep healing, 
the Good Love Company was born. My fiance ended up encouraging me to go into rehab in 2016 for alcohol abuse. And I have been sober. This is coming up to my fifth year. October will be five years clean and sober. And I honestly get welly-eyed. I'm, I'm trying to find words to express the level of shift and change because when I met this man, I was in the worst place in my entire life. It was getting dark. Thoughts of, well, okay, I guess I could become a stripper. Okay, well, I guess that I can become an escort. I'm literally Googling, how do I become a stripper without anyone finding out? Because I'm running out of money. I'm, I don't have a car anymore. I'm skirting the law. I'm blowing through my inheritance. But then my life changed. I spent the next years researching the hell out of romantic love behavior. Why do we do what we do? What is that about? Through my deep healing and getting sober from alcohol and cocaine, I was able to understand emotional intelligence, human behavior. I completely went all in on neurology. I went all in on why do we do what we do? Why do we allow what we allow? What is the key piece? All of that rolled up into a ball is what I teach now. Because I'm telling you, to go from a woman who was about to become a prostitute in order to get esteem, validation, a roof over her head, something, to months later being with a man who loved and cherished me. The disconnect for me personally was that I was not behaving. I was not presenting as someone who felt worthy. We hear it all the time. It's the biggest eye-rolling cliche. I didn't get it. I thought I could intellectualize love. I thought I could wit love. I thought I could out-charm people. I thought it was a fucking game. But it's not. It's about raw self-awareness, radical self-acceptance, understanding and getting honest about where you actually are so that you can make the changes so that your life can follow suit. I see so many women in my position running on their sexuality, running on their bitter ass attitude, running on this, I don't need a man. It's lies. It's fucking lies. It may not be a priority at the moment. You may have other focuses. You may have just exited a relationship. It may not be the number one priority, but we cannot deny the human, biological, spiritual, emotional response of love. You just cannot debate it. It is the most, it, it's just, it's everything. It's the most. I'm, I'm going to die on this mountain because I want to hammer it home that if you get honest about what you actually fucking want, and get honest about where are you in your life in accordance to having that, holding that, receiving that. If there is an ounce of disconnect, it's not going to come into your space. When I had that spiritual moment where I had this profound connection to the astral, this profound direction, this literal 
force that said, we're going to change your life now, but you've got to do as, as I suggest. Everything else fell into place through being loved by my fiance in a way that was so pure and so true. It inspired me to continue on this journey of understanding the mechanics and behavior of romantic love. Why are we attracted to what we're attracted to? Is it the shadow side? Is it our purity? Is it our maiden? Is it the mother in us? I found through my own story of completely grasping at straws, being so lost, being so desperate, considering selling my body to feel something, only then to go on to have this exquisite soulmate relationship that inspired a extremely successful business. And this this podcast that you're listening to, two more human babies in the world that were made through an expression of love. The awareness that I can help other people because I've gone through 15 years of fucking hell. And I know a thing or two about why we do what we do. My story really is about the beauty of transformation, the beauty of rigorous honesty, understanding and accepting your gifts, skills, and talents, and being able to get to a place of like, this is what I fucking want and I'm willing to do what it takes. Because I can tell you, it is so magical to be loved for who you are. And in order to be loved for who you are, you have to feel safe to be seen. So thank you so much for coming along on this beautiful journey with me. I would love to know your thoughts. Tell me below what you thought of this episode. If you know someone who would love to hear this story, please send this along. It means so much to me. Have an amazing, amazing day, lovebirds, and I'll see you soon. Bye. All right, lovebirds, there you have it. I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed that little pocket of time we spent together. It means the world to me. If this episode landed, if you felt like you got some mic drops, I'd love to know in the comments. Feel free to leave a five-star review as well. That always feels good. And if you know anyone who would benefit from listening to this, send her my way. Today's episode was so good, and I'll see you next time. I'm living that high.